In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am so excited to have Tessa Romero join me today on the podcast. So I've been following Tessa for a few years now, and I love her positive parenting mindset. She's a mommy mindset coach. She talks about, honestly, perspective and parenting. She has three little kids, five, three, and one. And she just, her posts are so encouraging and uplifting. It's all about how when you're doing your dishes, instead of being like, I can't believe I'm the one that has to do the dishes. Nobody helps me. I'm tired. Changing that to I am so blessed to be able to serve my family, that we have food for them, that I was able to provide. My children want to help me. And even if it looks messy, I'm going to let them. And honestly, that little shift can change everything about the way that you parent. So Tessa, I'm so excited to talk to you about your really wise words, even though you are so super young. (laughs) Like, honestly, I just feel like it's everyone has a gift of goodness. And that is one of yours. And I can't wait for you to share it with us. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a gift to be here and really just to be connecting with other like-minded moms, moms that want to have a soft heart and an open mind, no matter where you're at right now. If you feel like, oh man, I'm kind of the mom with more of like a hard heart or a closed mind. As long as you're here listening to this, you are well on your way to having that soft heart and open mind. And that's kind of like the way that I love to approach parenting and perspective work and and I do a lot of like self-discovery and healing coaching with my clients. And, and that's really what my content's all about. It's self-discovery and healing work. This doesn't look like it. And in that, though, what we're trying to do is soften your heart and open your mind. And that's like a, a big part of it. I love that so much. Tell me about how you got into this because you, your kids are really young. Did mm-hmm. you read a bunch of parenting books before you got pregnant? Or are you like, this is what I, this is the kind of mom I want to be? Or was it kind of a, wow, learn as you go when you became yeah. a mother? I love that question. I actually haven't read parenting books until this year. <laughs> so, no way. No, <laughs> really though, I had a very traumatic childhood. I had a very hard upbringing and it's through all of my own trauma, all of my own hardship and the pain and everything that I went through that taught me this about life. So I do think I have this very gifted perspective because when we go through hardship and you experienced so much so young, you do grow up faster. You do learn faster. And there's a lot of beauty in that that I just, I don't think is talked about and rewarded enough, like emphasized enough to say, wow, like you, you truly are who you are because of everything you've been through, not just the good stuff. Like There's no way, there's just no way I'd be the mom that I am and the wife that I am and this coach that I am if I didn't have all of that hardship, every last minute of it. There's just no way. And now that I've gotten to a place in my own journey with healing and forgiveness and acceptance and honestly, flat out enthusiasm about life and everything that I'm dealt, I just I just have this eagerness to it because I know how much good it also brings me and does to me and gives to me. And I know I can cry through it. I can feel sad. I can feel angry. I can feel hurt and still be who I want to be. And that's like one of my favorite, favorite forms of messaging. So yeah, parenting books, I actually only started this year because I, I just love parenting and approaches. And now that I have a five-year-old, I feel like more parenting perspectives are better for me to best understand my kids. 
So yeah, I guess the best way to explain it is I knew who I didn't want to be coming into motherhood. And I struggled with a lot of anger and negativity and I would harbor up my anger inside and I would just like compress it down until it literally exploded out of. And then I would find myself yelling at my husband and saying all of these hurtful things that I can confidently tell you my husband has never once said a hurtful thing to me like I've said to him. He's so he's I'm I'm very, very blessed to have somebody that can withhold and withstand so much and just give like be a strong boundary for me to kind of lose it and put myself back together and still be safe that he's still there. So that is I'm I'm very fortunate in that. And it allowed me to heal and grow because obviously if he would have just left me, (laughs) then it would have been really hard to like learn about myself and keep going. So yeah, I I had a lot of anger, a lot of negativity, a lot of trauma. I had no idea what to do with it. And I I really didn't like my patterns and behaviors. I would be in these screaming matches with my mom who was involved in just about all of my childhood trauma. Obviously, she's my mom. And I will add to that, though, my mom's a really good person. And she did the best she could with what she knew how to do. And that's I think it's really important for us to recognize that about our parents, our influences in our life. And it brings a lot of healing. So I don't say any of that in the negativity towards my mom. It's just in order for me to tell my side of the story, there's yeah. going to be some facts in there. Yeah. So I'd be in these screaming matches with my mom. I went like over a year without talking to her. And then like months in between that, like every interaction was just so awful. And then I would do the same thing to my husband where I'd go days without talking to him until I was finally just like kind of forgot why I was mad in the first place and like wanted it all to go away. It was very unhealthy. And then when I got pregnant with my son, I realized like it just kind of dawned on me that three things really dawned on me. Number one, I knew I didn't want to be a mom that yelled. And examining my behaviors, I was well on my way to be a mom that yells. (laughs) And I grew up with that, right? So it was going to be very easy for me to yell. And I knew that. So that was number one. Number two, I didn't want to be a mom that ignored. I didn't want to ignore my son if I felt upset towards him or about something. I've never even met him yet, right? I just know it's coming. So I knew I didn't want to yell. I knew I didn't want to ignore. And I knew with every ounce of me, I just didn't want him and I to have a relationship like the one my mom and I had. That was, it was like non-negotiable to me. Like no matter what, him and I are going to be solid. He's going to know I'm I'm his biggest supporter, his biggest encourager. I'm going to do my best to teach him. And I'm going to be humble AF. I'm going to say when I'm sorry and when I mess things up and and honestly just take that total ownership piece. Yeah. Um, look, I'm responsible entirely for me. So I I know that that's honestly why I've had this type of experience in motherhood is because I went into it with absolute clarity of what I don't want. And I was a, I was I was just so willing to make all of the messy action and take all of the messy steps to get to this place of being able to not yell and not ignore and have total ownership while not getting stuck in this pit of shame of like, oh, I'm this terrible mother because I did this. No, I'm freaking not. I'm doing the best I can. I'm learning and I'm growing. And thank God kids forgive so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, so that's kind of where it, where it all started, where it all came from is actually hardship and giving myself permission to heal and truly grow into who I wanted to be instead of just continuing to be who I was before. It's so interesting that you say that because I feel like the people I know that are like you, like so happy. I love that you talk about enthusiasm and eagerness that oozes out of you. It's on your, it's all over your page. Just 
your the brightest smile I would never have guessed mm-hmm. on the one hand that you had had such a traumatic and terrible childhood yeah. however now knowing that the, the people that I do know that have been through the darkest times I feel like are able to find and look for and appreciate the brightest light it's the contrast it's tough in it's order contrast, yes yes to have like to fully appreciate and embrace life and motherhood you know what it's like to not have that for yourself mm-hmm. so you are able to do that and have empathy now for your sweet mom and and I think it it is okay to tell your story and also acknowledge that the way you were brought up is not what you want to do mm-hmm. and still two things can be true you can hold love mm-hmm. I love yeah, I love speaking both. of parenting books Dr. Beck it's good inside mm-hmm. and I love that perspective and I'm reading that right now Dr. Becky and she's like two things can be true you can have had a really hard childhood and also hold forgiveness for your parents that were making mistakes and because of their childhood trauma and everything that they went through were carrying that on so I just first of all applaud you for like breaking that cycle and making that choice to be like I'm not going to be that way this is what I want to do and and taking something really hard that could have hardened you and and could have perpetuated that and turning it around saying no I'm going to change it I'm going to break that I'm going to be different and doing it in such a beautiful way so I just think that's amazing and and following you and and reading your posts it they are honestly so positive and I will admit though so my boys are they're 15 13 10 and 8 right now and there are so many days where I'm like I'm gonna be intentional I'm going to show them love and then at the end of the day I'm like shut up and go to bed you know I'm like angry mean mom and but I love that you're like it's okay. You start over every day. You take a reset. So tell me about those moments because you're also very real on social media where you're like, traveling was sucked today. And we had to like, okay, reset. So what can you do in those moments instead of feeling like a failure? Mm-hmm. How can you like take a moment to reset and say, wait, no, now I'm going to start over and forgiving yourself to be able to do that instead of just saying, screw it. I can't do it. I'm just mm-hmm. a bad kid. Yeah, that's such a great question and honestly a valuable perspective for anybody at any stage and season of parenting. And I love the diversity that my account brings. I mean, there's grandmas following me that message me all the time. Like, I have my eight grandkids and I'm so with. They're watching their daughters get involved in this mindset work. And then there's young moms with new babies and everywhere in between. It's really, really cool to see how this work touches so many on such a diverse just platform, really. Yeah. So what I would say to that is, number one, it's okay to feel like you failed. It's okay to feel that sense of guilt. It's okay, to, it's okay to feel that. And that's something I've actually been thinking about recently is how when we have a feeling of guilt, people are so quick to tell us, but you shouldn't feel guilty about that. And I strongly oppose that messaging. Wait, oh, <laughs> I do. Because for the same reason, all feelings are meant to be felt. That's why they're called feelings. But you will feel them, right? That it's like an act. It's an act to feel. And there's nothing wrong with feeling. So telling someone, well, you shouldn't feel guilty about that is literally the same thing as saying you shouldn't feel sad about that. You shouldn't feel angry about that. You shouldn't feel grateful for that. Like in any capacity that we are that we are being so disingenuous and just invalidating somebody's feelings because moms shouldn't feel guilty for taking a break or taking time to themselves. First of all, 
if a mom feels guilty for taking a taking a break, I'm using these air quotes here, or taking time to herself, there might be a reason why underneath that. And it's worth discovering because likely she's not feeling guilty that she's going out and filling her cup, that she's doing her favorite hobby. She's doing her favorite craft. She's having a girl's night. She's waking up early to spend time with herself or, you know, it, it's not that. It's usually something underneath it that the message is saying, this does not align with me as a mother. Taking breaks, taking care of yourself is not going to be the message that says this doesn't align with me as a mother. It's going to be how we've been spent, maybe how we've been spending time with our kids when we have been with them. And that didn't align with who we are as a mother. And now we're leaving and taking time to ourselves. And we're like, why am I feeling guilty right now? It's not because you're filling your cup. It's because when we are there, we're not really there. Maybe we're on our phone too much. We're, we're not satisfied with the quality that we've been, the quality of time we've been giving to our kids. And that's just an example, right? So this feeling of guilt or this feeling of failing, there's so much we can learn from our feelings. If we would just allow them to talk to us rather than trying to control them and say, you shouldn't be here. We, we really withhold so much goodness from ourselves because we think nothing good can come from a hard emotion. And that's just not true. I love that perspective. I've never thought of it that way, that if you're feeling guilty, instead of just saying, well, don't. Yes. That there's something else. It, and it's so true because... Mm-hmm. You know, when my husband works all day and then he gets invited to do a really fun golf tournament or something, he usually can go and honestly not feel guilty. But when he is home with the boys, like from the second he walks into the door to the second they go to bed at night, he is a present parent. Like he is playing with them. He's doing homework with them. He's doing the dishes with me. He's watching TV with them. He's jumping on the trampoline. If they say, will you come throw catch with me? Rarely is it, oh, I can't, unless there's like a project he has to finish at work that's due. He's there. But for me, there are so many times where I have checked out or I've been on my phone or I've been like listening to an audio book while I'm doing dishes. I'm like, nobody bug me. I'm so touched out and I'm stressed out and whatever. And then I do feel that guilt like, oh, and it's funny. You can talk yourself out of it. Well, I was a great mom. I did all these things for my kids. And sometimes just being there is enough. And sometimes that's true. Mm -hmm. But if I'm brutally honest with myself it's I was disconnected Mm. lots of times and so when I have a girls night or book club or whatever I'm like oh it's not that I feel bad about going out it's that I feel bad that I haven't been present with them when I had the chance ah that's so powerful it's yeah it is absolutely true so getting honest with ourselves what how have you been able to make those changes or like honestly sit with yourself and what do I need to do and how is that possible? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe we get on mm-hmm. our phones too much. Maybe we go out too much. I don't know what it is, but how have you been able to sort of shift that getting curious with your feelings and then saying, okay, now how can I be present? Because honestly, Tessa, sometimes it's hard to be present with your kids. You're like, I don't want to play hide and seek for the 80th time. <laughs> I know where yeah. you hide every single yeah. time behind mm-hmm. the couch. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, wanna... yeah. yeah. I'd say the First of all, like being a present mom doesn't mean that you do everything your kids ask you to do without a second question or you just say yes. I mean, you could be a yes mom and not say yes to every request that they have. I mean, if my, if, first of all, I just want to put this out there. I love to play with my kids and I think I enjoy it so much because I'm very clear about when I'll do it. 
And I, when we play together, I love to suggest ideas of what I would like to play. <laughs> it's not, it's not just them leading everything. Like if I'm involved, it's just like inviting any of your friends into the group to play. You'd want to hear from them too of what they would want to do, what role they would want to take, what crafts they want to bring in, you know? And sometimes I will do exactly what they want to do, how they want to do it, right? And then other times, if it's just like, oh man, I would not enjoy that though. I'll give a different suggestion. So I like to consider it like a beautiful orchestra of a lot of different things. It's not going to be like one cookie cutter, clear cut answer because you just mentioned something really important, spending less time on our phone. I think yes to that. Like yes, on a grand scale of things, let that be the first thing you do. Because if you spend less time on your phone, where are you going to spend more time? Maybe productive in your home, intentional with your spouse, present with your kids. Like naturally, a lot of other things will become a lot easier when yes. we don't have a distraction in our freaking hand. And yes. I'm speaking from personal experience there. Like I, I know I have to be so disciplined with myself, with my phone, not the huge thing that I've learned this year, especially. So there's that. And I'd say the biggest thing though, in, in being able to show up and be present and stay just in control of you, in control of you, even if you feel guilty. So there's Maybe you start to feel guilty and instead of spiraling with this narrative of I'm such a bad mom and here's this, 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 or we start to feel touched out, right? We start to feel overwhelmed. We feel overstimulated. All these feelings are valuable. They're trying to teach us something. They're trying to tell us something. So listen and know you are not your feelings, right? You're the conscious being that occupies this body and this body sends energetic messages that our feelings are just, feelings are literally just vibrations. That's it. So. When we, when we give them all of this control, all this power over us, like, okay, Inger, if you come, then you know you get the controls and I have no power over myself. That's so not true. It takes time for sure to build discipline yeah. in ourselves because my husband's level of discipline is very remarkable. It is very noteworthy because if I can say hurtful things to him and he refuses to say something hurtful back, it's not because he has nothing hurtful to say. Oh, I'm sure he does. It's just because he's disciplined. Yeah. He has the discipline to withhold saying things that his mind may very well come up with. And that's what we lack a lot of is just the discipline to be able to keep our mouths shut. Yes. When the tongue, I'm, I mean, they talk about that all through the Bible, whether or not you read the Bible. I just started reading the Bible this year. And I think it's in John and a couple of the places it talk, and, in the, in, and in Proverbs a lot. It talks about your tongue being like your greatest weapon. Yeah. And be like just a dagger right? And then guilt. And I mean, it talks about learning from guilt. So why would we tell people like, no, you shouldn't feel guilty. Maybe it's there for a reason. Let's look into that a little bit. And just to like really wrap that up though, with that beautiful orchestra is just knowing who you are. So that way, when the feelings come, you know who it is that's feeling the feeling. Does that make sense? Like I am, I am a victorious woman of God, right? I am I'm raising a wholesome and um, fulfilled family of his divine children. I'm wild and I fill the wilderness within me. I am completely irresistible to those ready for light, love, and leadership. And that's my I am statement. That's who I am. So if I feel angry and I am those things, how am I going to show up? Right? If I feel sad and that's who I am, how am I going to go help myself? If I feel enthusiastic and energetic and just so freaking fired up about life and that's who I am, what am I going to do? What mountains am I going to move? Right? Like it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, just understand that in any capacity, any walk of life, professionally, spiritually, 
personally, physically, whatever it is that you're going through, if you just decided who you are outside of your feelings, when the feelings come, you'd have this strong anchor to guide you through. And you'd just stay grounded and in tune with that. And automatically that would increase our discipline to withhold those, those daggers that we could all say. Yes. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't say them. So creating that I am statement for yourself that just emotionally charges you up and it keeps you very accountable to showing up and living a life that you feel proud of is really important. I totally agree. And very empowering for parents to be able to have those I am statements when we are triggered by our kids or feeling frustrated or whatever it is that, or even like we're failing, we're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. But if we go back to the whoever you are, whatever, whoever you, and I agree with you first and foremost, and most importantly, children of God. And then when we go back to, and then what gifts has he given me? What is my mission and purpose here on earth? How can he use me to bless the lives of those around me? Then the feelings can come and go and you can always go back to what you know. And that is so empowering. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about you've been posting recently about seamless service idea and and I love it so much. And I imagine, I don't know if I'm right or not, you maybe have gotten some pushback. <laughs> a little bit. And the idea is seamless. How can you seamlessly serve your family? Like I know my son always wants an almond butter honey sandwich. He eats it literally every single day for lunch. There's nothing else he wants. No matter how many times I've tried to convince him to eat something else. That's what he wants. And it's always a rush to get to school and it's hard to do it. And he doesn't always make it like he uses too much almond butter honey. Then he gets mad. Whatever. This is my little sweet eight-year-old boy. So if I just do that in the morning for him, it's ready to go with the heat. He's a words of affirmation. He writes me notes all the time. He really appreciates notes back. So I write him a note in his little lunchbox. I give him the sandwich. That is the greatest love I can show him. And instead of being like, why haven't you packed your lunch? Why didn't you do that? You're old enough. You should do it. If I just do that for him and it's ready to go, it takes so much stress and anxiety from him. Of I forgot to pack my lunch or I, I didn't do it the right way. And mom, there, I, did, I just think there's something about your mom packing a lunch. Yeah. I remember as a child, it's like, my mom did this. It then is done with love. That, me, that meant so much to me. Mm -hmm. So that, that's just one example of a way I can just have it ready to go. He pulls it, he's seamlessly out the door. But maybe some would say, you're not letting him have independence or you're just doing everything for your kids or why do you have to be the one to do that? Why isn't your husband making the lunches? <laughs> and all these things and you're like, my son's sick. I'm going to pick him up a, a cute little, a, a cute little, it probably is mm -hmm. cute, a nice little ginger drink on the way home because I know it will mean a lot to him instead of, oh, well, just because you're the, you're the mom and you do all that. I don't know. Tell us a little bit about this idea of seamless service and how we can, I don't know, maybe it is like, it is old fashioned. It's like, it's like the woman serving their family, but why is that a bad thing? Why can't that be an amazing thing? Not a bad thing. It's not. <laughs> Okay, let's talk. Well, let's just describe the well, idea. There was a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Let's, I, let's describe the idea of seamless service first okay. so everyone can understand what I mean by it. Because though I have gotten some pushback. And honestly, I just I have been surrounded by such a positive, enthusiastic, eager community that 
if anyone puts a negative comment, usually my community take care, takes care of it really well. Good. Um, and, even, and if they do put a negative comment and I respond to it, I, I usually feel really good about my response. I've helped this person maybe find a new perspective, which is what they needed in the first place. Yes. Instead of just trying to defend the perspective they already have and not let another one come in. And that's more of like that closed mindedness that I was talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Like you can have a hard heart and a closed off mind and it just takes some time to I hit open. Yeah. It's possible. So I will say I have a great community behind me and I adore them, adore them all. So this idea of seamless service, I want you to think about any time you are serving, okay, and we're, we're stitching, where we're making a big quilt, let's say, okay, we're making this big quilt. And every time we draw attention to our service, as in like, I need more recognition, I yes. need more appreciation from you people. Like it's an amazing lunch that I made for you yes. every day. Yeah. Yes. Recognize it. Validate me. Appreciate me. Anytime we do that. Anytime we fall into this, I call it racing to the seat of the victim. Anytime we race to the seat of the victim and compare service with another person. So the husband's done these things and I've done these things. And I'm saying, well, I've done more than you and I have it harder than you and more falls on me and you have it so easy and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we've done that. And we can have a negative perspective. That's the third thing. So having this negative perspective and like lots of tensions of why me? I shouldn't be the one to. Well, I have to because no one else will. Like yeah. um, he should because he's old enough to. That's the third one. So those three things, we're creating a seam in our quilt. Okay, so that's what quilts look like, right? Like they have stitches and seams everywhere. And it's like, you can see where one fabric came into the other. Yeah. And it creates this like the stitch line there. And in this idea of seamless service, we're trying to remove the, the seams of things. We're trying to remove, and I'm calling it like the seam of negativity and tension. So yeah. working with your family is a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. So the idea, this is the one thing that I'd love to just clear up is seamless service doesn't mean an all or nothing mentality. Just because you're serving seamlessly doesn't mean all of a sudden it all falls on you and you can't yeah. ask for help. You can't delegate. You can't encourage other people around you. Like, not at all. Not at all. Seamless service just means that you notice something that could or needs to be done. And you just, you step in and you fulfill it with joy and gladness that you have the opportunity to do that. And like you mentioned, like being able to save the stress, save the tension, save the anxiety from your eight-year-old, you actually did that for yourself too. Because when a morning is smoother, that doesn't just serve him, that freaking serves you. Like, totally. Great. Absolutely. Right? So a good example of this is my husband takes out the trash. He's so wonderful. And a lot of times he moves on to the next task before putting the trash bags back in. So I will go to open our trash and toss something in there because I, my mind says there's a bag in there and I toss it in there and I just hear it hit the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just used to feel so bothered by it. Like, it's not that hard. Like, yeah. Finish the job. Yeah. Finish right. the job. Right. And uh, it just seems so silly to be so upset about right. something truly so trivial and right. so simple. And I was missing this opportunity to work with my husband, to work alongside him, to really just to move efficiently together. And so it was this past weekend, I opened the trash and wouldn't you know it, there's no bags in there. And I just saw it as this opportunity, like, I'm going to serve seamlessly. I'm going to step right in and there's going to be no seam here. Like, no one's going to know that he didn't finish the task because the task is just going to be done and it doesn't matter who finished it. Sure. Because now it's done for our family and our household. So I take the bags and I put them in there. And that's, an, that's a, a way to serve seamlessly. Another way is 
I mean, while your husband's doing the dishes after dinner, you're putting the kids in the bath. Like you guys work seamlessly together to make sure the evening routine goes well. It doesn't mean it all falls on you. It just means we're able to have this greater purpose and perspective of, I enjoy serving my family and I'm going to do it in such a way that I beam, I just beam this gratitude for the opportunity that I have instead of tip for tat, keeping score, I'm the victim, somebody needs to rescue me. And really understanding that service, I believe is a basic human desire. Like we all want a greater purpose. We all want to know where we belong. I mean, love, connection, and belonging are basic human needs. So when we have this family, which is where we belong, and we're lacking service to the family, we're actually lacking purpose as well. And then we start to feel really unfulfilled. And it's not because the opportunities are there. It's because we've, we've convinced ourselves. And granted, we have a lot of strong influences in our daily life. Never before have we had access to so many influences all yeah. at once. And honestly, we're not meant to. Our minds are not meant for that. Yeah. And it wouldn't be this way if that were different. So anyway, that being said, though, when you can, when you can see a way to serve seamlessly, like your, your husband drinks his protein shake and puts it on the counter and walks away to go, take his shoes off in the closet. You just take it and you rinse it out. My husband loves to have this energy drink every morning and he leaves his can out. Like it's just the thing that he does. And now I serve seamlessly. I'm just going to grab it and I'm going to throw it away. Because when it comes down to it, if we like to say, well, I get that it only takes a few seconds. It's just a matter of principle though. Yes. Right. Okay. So what's the principle of you though? You know, it's not just about their their part in that. It's also our part because we're the ones that noticed it. So why couldn't we just take care of it? Yep. Not as principle. That's principle. So I just, I want to be able to raise kids that see a need and fill in. I love it. Even if nobody's looking, like, you know, even if, even if they're not going to get a pat on the back and they're not going to get a bunch of appreciation, this big parade of, oh my gosh, what would we do without you? Like, that's likely not going to freaking happen for them. And I want them to feel fulfilled anyway. I want them to feel appreciated and feel valuable here because they know they just know how much they do. They know how much they serve. And we have the opportunity to do that as mothers, likely more than anybody else. Yeah. Especially, I mean, stay-at-home moms or work from home moms or whatever dynamic it is, even if you're even if you work out of the home, like when you come home, you likely have more of an opportunity than anybody else to serve seamlessly and set that example, which is just really cool. So if someone listening to this is like, Tessa, it just comes down to principle though, I refuse to do it. Think about your role in it. And, and the principle you hold of your, yourself and those standards and expectations you set of yourself. And honestly, the example you're setting for your kids, do we only do things when people are watching? Do we only do things when we know that we're going to get the credit and, and we're going to be overly appreciated for it and our efforts? Like, no, no. Sometimes you just need to see a need and fill it. You need to go donate the money to the cause because you have the money to give. Even if nobody knows that you did it, you need to Give your jacket to this person that's colder than you are because you have a long sleeve shirt on under that and they don't. Like you just, you need to do that. You need to bring an extra lunch for the kid at school that you know doesn't have food and nobody else may know. No, and you don't, you know, it's even better when the kid doesn't know that it came from you. Yeah, yes. But and I, I really love your, that I love this idea of you do it for the good of the family too. It's like, well, my kids all the time, like will you, do such and such, clean this bathroom, take out the trash, do these dishes. And they'll be like, that's not my job. This morning, my son's like, Benson, you need to feed honey, our our big giant Bernadoodle dog. And he's like, that's not my job. Like, and it's like, 
but it doesn't matter. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the responsibility. Of it it will help the family run smoother. So exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's your job or what you're assigned or that's not my protein shake. Why should I? Yeah. Not my whatever. Yes, but it's for the good of the household and the family and keeps things. I love that idea of just running yeah. seamlessly. Like it just keeps the house ticking over and yeah. things running smoothly. And it you can't. I would add you can't not serve without feeling good about yourself. It's mm-hmm. just it's every time. I've never done something for someone else and been like, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I've never been like, that, that, I should not have done that. Even if it's stressful, even if I go out of my way or, and I'm not saying you have to run yourself ragged doing things for people exactly. all day long. I have to do this. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've never offered an act of love or service for my family and been like, I really am upset that I did that. I don't think I yeah. should have done that. It's never ever bad for you so mm-hmm. one of the even if no one maybe externally notices I mean obviously our father in heaven does but I think that even even along with that is you're just blessed with this peace and good feeling of I'm doing something well I'm doing yeah. something right yeah and yourself talk about yourself changes yeah. and your efforts change and I think too just to build on that and add what's so important about that and why I love mindset work so much and thought work and and just being able to articulate clearly in a way that I would love to hear my kids speak to people and about themselves and to me. What I love so much about it, that is like, you know how when you like you see that protein shake and you say, you know, this is for my family. I'm going to I'm going to wash this out. Right. And I put it in the dishwasher and we allow our kids to see our behaviors and then model after our behaviors. And they do that. Right. So if we do something routine enough, our kids are going to model it. They're going to follow it. And the same thing goes with our language. So instead of just focusing on our behaviors, I love to focus on language because I often hear my kids say things to each other that I'm so proud of. And I know that I taught it to them. What he just said is something he learned directly from me. And that reward is better than any thank you I've ever gotten in my home. It is better than any, I appreciate you. Thanks for being so kind today, mom. Or it's, it's so much than any of that, because I know I'm making this lasting difference. It's not, it's not like the thank you that you say today, and maybe you don't say it tomorrow, right? It's, this is who you're growing into as a person. And I see it in you. Like you see a need and you fill it. You speak with gratitude. You, you have kindness towards your brother. You're, you know, my boys, I try to I try to really teach them what to say when they feel frustrated so that it's not just a bunch of hurtful things being tossed around, especially since they have I homeschool them and they have friends in the neighborhood and, you know, they learn things. Yes. Yep. Very quickly. So before they were saying like, I hate you. And they were saying that to each other. And now I just for years now, I've been telling them, just say, I don't like that. Yeah. Just make it clear and you can say it however you want. I don't like that, Lukey. Like say it however you want. I don't care. Just say, I don't like that. And I've taught and I've taught and I've taught and I've taught and I've modeled it to them when they do things to me. I don't like that. And yeah. it's very clear, right? And then there was, I remember the first day I heard it. It was my three-year-old say it to my five-year-old at the time. The first time I heard it was probably like 18 months ago now. And he said that to his older brother and said, I don't like that, Liam. And I just felt so proud, so yes, so like, thank you. Like we are making progress. That's exactly the confirmation that I needed. That we're just we're doing good work. We're doing it in the right way, and that's to me like longer lasting than the thank you 
anyway. So yes, it's wonderful to express gratitude and appreciation. We should model that too. Yes. And I'm, I just want moms really looking for the way their kids are modeling their behaviors and their language because that brings so much fulfillment internally rather than waiting on somebody else. Like you're just observing and you're noticing, look, that's the impact that I made. And that's so cool. And that lasts just so much longer. It is. It is. And it's, I, I love that you bring up our kids modeling our behavior and following our example. And it's so true because they, they say what you say, they do what you do. They're like little sponges. They're like little copycats. And they, mm-hmm. and, and, and that works for the negative too. And they're like, shut up, you idiot. And I'm like, how could you say that? I was driving in the car the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this idiot who cut me off. And I'm like, totally learn that from me, you idiot. Yeah. I'm like, I hate that word. And they're like, you say it all the time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's true. And I totally do. So both, for both positive and negative, it, 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 they will model your behavior and do what you do. And so it is sometimes, I think of all else, my grandma told me one time and I said, I don't know sometimes I get so overwhelmed with how to teach my boys. How do I teach them how to love the scriptures and, 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 and the gospel and their heavenly parents? How do I teach them how to love each other? How do I teach them how to be good people and be honest and not lie and not yell? And, and my grandma's like, you don't have to say a word. She's like, they will do what you do. If you want them to read their their scriptures, have them see you reading yours. If you want them to learn to love to pray, pray with them, have them watch you pray by the side of your bed. If you want them to speak kindly, you speak it. She's like, they will do what you do. And it, that was so powerful for me. I love that. Um, I know. And, and, and it's true. And that's exactly what you're teaching and what you're modeling. So Tessa, if people want to learn more about, okay, this all sounds really nice, but how am I just going to change who I am overnight? How yeah. am I like, like, oh, I'm so glad you have it all figured out, but you don't understand <laughs> me and my household and yeah. my, like, insane children that there's no mm-hmm. way that they're going to, like, we're barely surviving over here. Mm-hmm. So where can they go or to learn more about what you teach or what would you say, like, okay, here are just small steps you can take for people that feel like I, we're already just too set in our ways. We're too far down the path. That yeah. would have been nice to know 15 years ago. For sure. For sure. And I will say that when I talked about the diversity of my account, there are grandparents that follow me. There are young moms. There are experienced moms. There are moms married three times, like stepmoms. Like, I mean, just so I've worked with a variety of women in a variety of circumstances. And that's the thing. Your mind works. It works really well. And I'm not making things up. Like we're, we're really building on the foundation of how your mind works. It loves to do two things. It loves to make predictions and it loves to be right. And when we make these terrible predictions, it still wants to be right about them. Huh? <laughs> More so right, by the way. Like, side note, we were in Mexico on a vacation recently and our flight got delayed. And I'm all, you watch. One delay means two delays means three. I was right. Five o'clock to six o'clock to seven thirty, and I'm all see, but then I'm like, wait, why am I happy about that? <laughs> it's exactly, it's so true. Exactly. Why do I want to be right about something so wrong and so yes. terrible? Yeah, that's, that's what the mind loves to do. So everything in my work is truly built on the foundation of how your mind works, and your mind is doing a really good job right now. We just have to give it better direction. So no matter where you feel like you're at in your journey and how soon ago or long ago you wish you would have started these things. Number one, it's just never too late. Your mind loves to learn new things and it's 100% knowledgeable, which means it can learn how to do new things. 
And I can do it actually extraordinarily quickly, especially when it's fun. And you see those progress and that reward system gets firing in the mind. So it's really cool. So number one, following along with me on Instagram, I'm very active over there the most, just with like daily stuff and mindset swaps. So Tessa Romero underscores my Instagram. And then I actually just released a new mommy mindset course. And this course teaches 15 practical tools that you can be implementing in your everyday life to have a mindset like a mommy in today's motherhood. And that just means having that more gentle, soft, nurturing, open-minded approach to parenting rather than jumping to a conclusion, running the course with its negative mindset, with these terrible predictions, and then projecting all of this like tension or anger and even fear onto those around us. Like I know that's not how we want to live. So I created the Mommy Mindset course to take all of my best parenting mindsets. It's not a parenting course. It's a mindset course. So you're still free to parent the way that you want to parent. You'll just feel a whole lot more proud of your choices when your mind is in a really good headspace. So the Mommy Mindset course is definitely a great place, a great place to start no matter where you're at. I love that. And honestly, I've learned so much from you and from the last, like I said, couple years of following you, following along with your account, Tessa Romero on Instagram underscore, mm-hmm. if you want to follow along. And it's just, it's like a breath of fresh air on social media where instead of saying, you know, this is what you're doing. This is what you should be doing. It's like, here is an example. And, you know, it shows you cooking in the kitchen and all the negative mindsets of this is what you may be thinking initially. And then here's a way in real time, like to change that. And, and that is so helpful for me. Even like, I'm so tired. I do not want to read another story. I do not want to talk, have a 15 minute conversation with my son who just now decided he wants to tell me about his day. I want to go to bed. And it's like, Okay, instead of thinking that, it's I'm so grateful my son wants to spend time with me. These moments are fleeting. I know that this is so wonderful that he trusts me and is willing to open up. How can I, even do those tiny things can just change everything and make you so much more grateful for the stage of life you're in, wherever that looks in your parenting mm-hmm. journey right now. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Tessa. Again, it's Tessa Romero underscore on Instagram. And I love your perspective. I love just the positive mindset and for all the good you are doing. Thank you so much for coming on the Doing Good podcast today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love the show and I love your community so much. Thank you. I am Carmen Herbert and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code doing good, all one word at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.